In partnership with Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our Gen Con online seminar coverage. With my special guest from the previous panel, the uh, WizKids Pathfinder foam replica life-size goblin, and I've got... Uh, three other life-size goblins here with me uh, in no particular <laughs> order. I have our director of game design, Mr. Jason Bowman. Hello, Jason. Hey there, Eric. How's it going? I'm doing great. I've got uh, James Jacobs making a return appearance for Gen Con for the first time in a few years. Uh, James Jacobs, our creative director for Pathfinder. Hi, James. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's been a while it's since going I've great. been at Gen Con. Yeah, welcome back, my friend. And then we have Rob McCreary, our uh, our creative director for Starfinder. So uh, just talked about a lot of stuff in that previous panel. I hope you had a chance to watch it. If not, uh, we'll probably be covering a lot of the same stuff in here, but maybe in a little bit more depth. So we've got subject matter experts on pretty much every part of the previous presentation we've got. Uh, we're open to kind of talking about various questions you all might have about anything we just revealed, about anything, kind of really about anything. So you got us for an hour so we're going to do some q a and then uh following this i believe is the character creation uh panel for the advanced players guide which uh jason are you part of that one as well i am actually not in that panel okay your team though yep oh, my entire team is to victory yeah. awesome so I'm that'll go be really, really fun it's fine i'm on break cool cool <laughs> okay so i'm gonna do my best to be the moderator of this panel and the goblin here is going to do his best to make sure everyone's on good behavior and uh we will be I'll, I'm, I'm open to questions so if you've got questions why don't you throw them in the chat uh and it looks like our first question comes from james from redmond washington yeah james. I'm, I'm just wondering <laughs> is that a, a goblin sitting on your lap is he uh potty trained or are you gonna find out <laughs> I think I'm about to find out. All right. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay, let's see. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, I'm just going through the chat right now. Eric, can I come and borrow that goblin for a minute? No. No, <laughs> you cannot. Uh, I wonder if the next book might then be Secrets of Combat. So I think that's probably a reference to the fact that we just announced a book called Secrets of Magic that's going to be the big uh, release, a hardcover Pathfinder release for Gen Con 2021. People are kind of trying to suss out Hmm, maybe Secrets of Combat is next. No. Jason, is Secrets of Combat next after that? I know we're not talking about what no. it is, but is it Secrets of Combat? <laughs> no. No. Okay, no, it's not. No, All right, I mean, so that's easily I, I, I think it's worth mentioning that um, unlike with first edition, we're not going to be following kind of this obvious format, you know, with, mm -hmm. with second edition. Uh, we want to change some things up, and you're going to hear uh, 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 us talk a lot about Secrets of Magic and what might be in it on Saturday during the uh, RPG uh, Q&A. Um, so I would suggest you tune into that if you want to learn more. I'm going to keep the details on that pretty light so that uh, we've got plenty to talk about on Saturday. Cool, cool. That's going to be really exciting. I may tune into that one because there's still a lot for me to learn about that book as well. Uh, got me too. A <laughs> yeah, got a question. Um, where can I pre-order or buy that goblin? This goblin right here. Um, the answer to that is going to probably be a lot of places, including your friendly local retailer. They're available through WizKids. Um, I don't know if we've got our product page up for it yet. I know that that's something we've been working on. So uh, I would uh, you could search for... Um, life-size goblin uh on paizo.com I, I think it's maybe not up but by the end of the week i think it will be so um just keep your eye peeled we will not be shy about sharing that information once we've got an official link to it so I, that will I be do very like, very soon i do like the fact that now we've got actually results with people who search for life-size goblin or like goblin yeah. real goblin or you know. yeah adopt a goblin yeah, yeah. pretty awesome all right so quick question um way too fast last panel says trdg11 <laughs> i agree it was all i could do just not to talk like the micro machines man the whole time um so hopefully you're in your 40s and understand that reference okay uh let's see wonder if secrets of magic will have new feats for previous classes also yes <laughs> I think that was a safe, that's a safe one that's, that's, that's a safe one 
Yeah. Was was that what a question time? mark or an exclamation point at the end of that yesterday? So that uh, was an exclamation point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got a, a question. What time is the character creation panel? There are actually two character creation panels. One of them is the advanced player's guide character creation panel, which starts at three o'clock Eastern uh, in this channel, the uh, twitch.tv slash official Paizo. And then the other one is the sort of beginner box oriented one. And that's actually on the Gen Con main stage. It'll be streaming here as well, I believe. Um, but that is, let me find it. Let me find it. I'll go through my notes, and that is uh, ABCs of Pathfinder character building Sunday at noon Eastern. So there's two different Pathfinder character creation panels, um, and I just said when they are. So please enjoy that. If you ever have questions about the schedule here at, uh, I keep wanting to say PaizoCon, but it's not. It's Gen Con. If you ever have <laughs> questions, go to paizo.com slash Gen Con, and that'll give you the whole schedule. All right, let's see. Do, 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 do. Question, any uh, card game information? So the Pathfinder Adventure card game um, does not have any scheduled releases for the rest of 2020. Uh, the most recent uh, formal release is the Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign. Um, we are continuing to put out new adventures through the Organized Play program. Um, and those drop, I think, monthly. So you, that's probably your best bet for support for that game right now. We'll see what happens in the future. But for right now, uh, we are allowing people the opportunity to explore that new revised edition and the Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign. Okay, Jason, this one is a question I think is aimed best at you. And I'm just going randomly. I don't, there's so many questions I can't like chart these out. They're just coming as they come to me. That's how it works on Twitch. Right. <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> Will Knights of Everflame or Oblivion Oath come back, mm, Jason? Mm. Uh, so that's a, that's a tricky question. Uh, Knights of Everflame, uh, obviously nobody's making any uh, online shows down in California right now, or at least not, not very many folks are. Um, I, I would love to get that show back up and running, but it's, it's you know, held up in various complex negotiations. So we don't really have any news to talk about there. Um, as for uh, Oblivion Oath, uh, I am looking forward to finding a way to bring that show back. It's a little tricky because we can't be in the office right now, um, but we're still talking about bringing it back. The show, uh, I, I do intend to continue with that great story. So um, until then, you can always find us playing Band of Bravos every Friday uh, at 2 to 5 right here on this channel with uh, with James. Yay. Yeah, James is a player on that one. That's right, yeah. All right, so here's another one from Jay Bowman, 12,000. says, second edition's product mix lacks the monthly 32-page splat books. Can we expect that to continue? Um, yes, uh, we have no plans to get back into 32-page um, supplements for Pathfinder or Starfinder. Um, what, there's a couple of different reasons behind that. Um, one is just to get a little bit more control over the development of the rules engine, but a really boring and important one for us, but that's not that interesting or important for you guys, is that uh, a lot of RPG books end up getting shelved spine out. So uh, when a book lacks a spine, it just disappears into the shelf. It's hard for stores to restock them. It's hard for them to get the kind of shelf presence that they need. So we've been focusing more on thicker books with um, bind, uh, hardcover bindings. Okay. There's lots of people who want to know more about, let's see, the Magus and the Summoner. Uh, Jason, where did you refer them to? There's another panel you want to... There's a panel on, on Saturday. If folks okay. want to learn more about it, we're going to be talking. We'll, we'll spill some tea on uh, Saturday about the, the Magus and the uh, Summoner. Uh, that's, right. the, that's the RPG Q&A panel. I, I forget what time it is. I don't have the schedule in front of me, I'm afraid. Okay. So you can go to uh, paizo.com slash GenCon to get the, the schedule there. Uh, is there a new timetable for the PF2 CRB errata that was originally stated to be in July? Hmm. It's being worked on. Uh, it will make an appearance uh, when we have a new print of the book. So uh, that's probably going to be sooner than you think, but I'm not ready to announce is that, when. Is or, that, are they asking I, for is, new errata? Sorry, yeah. I missed it. I was trying to. Yeah, pull yeah. Up the Sorry, schedule. Jason. You're probably yeah, the no worst to answer that anyway. Um, so, so uh, we, errata, we, we do have some errata coming out very soon. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we made some changes that are present in the APG. And some of those changes had backwards facing implications to the core rulebook. 
Um, I think we're going to talk more about that on Saturday as well. But uh, the the teaser of it is we made some changes to bulk and how some of the equipment works. So you may notice that some of the gear kits and whatnot have the wrong bulk, or at least you think they have the wrong bulk. Um, the errata for that's going to be coming out next week. We didn't want to drop it right before all of the online games of this weekend and have people scrambling to figure it out. It's not anything huge or substantive, but uh, there are some interesting changes. But yeah. to be honest, they make bulk a little easier for everyone. So that's a good thing. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Can I flip around the goblin so that we can see his sword? Yes, indeed. So here he is. Here is his dog slicer sword. Pretty rad. Uh, cool little feature of this thing just to help you kind of visualize how this thing works is uh, the dog slicer actually... Let's see here. Watch me break it live on TV. Comes right off. So uh, he's got this little stick, and then you attach the dog slicer to it. Makes it easier to ship around. This thing is interesting because it's like it's both very sturdy and kind of flexible at the same time. It's made out of a very sturdy kind of foam. It's substantial, I have to say. I mean, this thing is, uh, yeah, it's substantial. Um, all right. Uh, any, let's see here. Uh, that's uh, Darth Kristastov asks, can I play a thief who's more or less of the Robin Hood type, robbing from the evil and giving to the good? That's a deep, deep Dragon Strike reference. Very good, Darth. Uh, let's see here. Will there be spell cards for the new supplements? Uh, Jason, you want to take that? Uh, yes. There will be. Uh, we are uh, going to continue doing that. The, the success of the spell cards has told us that we should do more of these. And uh, we do have a box that we are putting out uh, for the APG. We've announced that, haven't we? Um, sure. We just Let's did. Well, we, we have now. So, yes, we, we're going to be doing a, a box of cards for the Advanced Player's Guide. And, and the, um, the, the spell cards are out now in stores. People are really, really digging them. And I'm so thrilled that we did them. It's kind of one of those deals where if we didn't get them in like this year, it, we'd always be playing catch up. And so now we've got it. We're on cadence. So there will be an Advanced Player's Guide spell deck. Uh, and it's, soon. It, somebody in chat just mentioned we have a page for it up on the site. So we're not spoiling anything. Okay, great. Um, well, here's something that, that isn't. Um, on the page yet and that and i'm going to speak in the most general terms possible but one of the things that you're going to start seeing in 2021 on the starfinder side is some of the similar card things to what we've been doing on the pathfinder side as well so i'm not confirming or denying the existence of spell decks but uh just keep an eye out on that we're, we're going to do some really really fun accessories for starfinder in 2021 lots of i'm seeing a lot of questions about virtual tabletops you know obviously we're all playing online nowadays you know what kind of initiatives does paizo have to work with these guys or those guys um we've got great relationships with a lot of the virtual tabletops in particular roll 20 and fancy grounds um but we got relationships and discussions with all of them um and it's a major thing that we're working on right now major major initiative we have meetings every few days to to kind of push things forward um jason you're in some of those more meetings than I am. I am. you, you want to talk a little bit about what some of the things that we're trying to plan without well, so i, th I think the bigger thing in? i think the biggest thing that we're trying to do is find a way to bring more of our products to more of the tabletops as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. And we're also trying to find ways to give some of those assets maps uh, in particular uh, to folks in a way that they can bring it to whatever tabletop they want. So there's some things like that that are in the works. I'm not sure we've made full announcements on them yet. I don't want to speak in, in a way that gets Moreland sending me a message here. But uh, I, I, I think we've made some good progress on that. Um, I missed yesterday's meeting, so I missed what we were planning on here in the very, very near future. But I know there's been talk about uh, importing a lot of our map products, including flip mats and map packs or map tiles, into places like Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds and like and 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 the like to have them be natively on those virtual tabletops so they're easier to use. Great, um, as as might be expected, a fair number of questions about our special guest here. Uh, how much does this guy weigh? Um, he's he's not quite as heavy as my 23 pound pug um but uh I, you know and the whisked said he weighed i think something like 15 pounds uh it, you know it's a little bit bulky and, and awkward so i'd say it feels like it weighs about 20 pounds um so substantial uh someone some wants chunk. to know where they can buy jason bullman 
Uh, JasonBullman.com. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jason, um, people are not everybody's got to look at the advanced players guide yet. A lot of people want to know. Uh, hey, I mentioned by the way that the the oh there you've got it. I mentioned that the vigilante is now an archetype. Uh, it so is. We've shown now that you can go from being a one e class to a two e archetype. There's it some is. questions about is the gunslinger in there? Is the gunslinger going to be an archetype? Will we ever get a gunslinger class? So. The, the you know our process by which we decide what becomes an archetype and what becomes a class is incredibly complicated. Um, however, I will say this: there are certain classes out there that when you look at them and you say, "Wow, that has a really great flavor," that has a really good story behind it and really good mechanics. Odds are we're going to keep that as a class. But the the you know when you think about the uh, vigilante, its entire shtick was. I'm this other class, but then I'm something secret at night. Well, that kind of made a perfect sense as an archetype because then you could bolt it onto any class and it would work. So in that case, it was kind of a natural fit. I would say that going forward, we're going to be paying close attention to what classes will work as an archetype versus which ones really do deserve to be their own class. I think the gunslinger is a pretty iconic part of the game. That's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Stay tuned for Secrets of Combat. (laughs) <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, okay. A uh, couple of questions about the playtests that we announced. So I announced in the previous panel, we have currently running on starfinderplaytest.com the uh, Tech Revolution playtest, which has got the Nanosite class and the mechs. I also announced the Secrets of Magic playtest. Both of those books are going to be the big Gen Con release in 2021, hopefully at Gen Con, uh, but certainly in July 2021. So I'm going to start, Rob, with a question for you on the Starfinder front. This one's a little techie, but I wonder if you can kind of use it as a way to talk about the playtest process in general. Someone says, uh, fractions in the mech playtest, can they be simplified, please? Well, that's a good thing because one of the things we do want to do with the playtest is to get the comments from people and to fix kind of perceived problems. In some cases, we do put out things that are a little, uh, for the play test, that are a little perhaps avant-garde, you might say, because uh, we want to test certain things and see kind of what breaks the system and everything. So definitely we are looking at all of the feedback and and some of the things we have, those surveys, uh, again, from starfinderplaytest.com, we'll take you to the links to the surveys uh, where you can give us, and of course, the, on the message boards on paizo.com. So we will definitely be looking at all the feedback we have, and we really want people to give these rules as much of a run through as they can so that we can adjust them and do what we need to, to make them the best that they can be. Yeah. Kind of the, the operating goal of the play test is to get stuff out there, get feedback and then modify as necessary. Um, okay. Qu- a quick question before I get into the specifics on the secrets of magic, someone asked, did they say what the dates are? And we did, but I'm going to repeat those for you. Now the secrets of magic play test will launch September 7th. And it will go until October 18th. So a little more than a month of playtesting of that stuff. Um, and that stuff being the Magus and the Summoner classes. So people are excited, I think, uh, want to know about those classes. But Jason, I got to tell you, most of the people in the chat seem to want to know if the spell Dinosaur Fort is going to make it <laughs> into that, uh, that book. Can you speak the to that? The typo lives on. Yeah, we, I should have really squeezed that in the Advanced Players Guide. Oh, we'll see if we can find room for it in Secrets of Magic, because it is... It is a big secret that you summon a fort of dinosaurs. We nice. still have, to be honest, we still haven't sorted out whether or not it's a fort made from dinosaurs right. or it's a fort guarded by dinosaurs. To be honest, I'm going to have to consult our subject expert. James? It should be, I mean, it could be both. I mean, why not do both? Put it in the Secrets of Magic playtest <laughs> and then let, let the audience tell us what they want. Yeah, all right. We'll so, figure it out. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, James Jacobs, there's a question here. Could we talk a little bit more about, you just announced a couple of days ago, a little bit, unfortunately, a delay to the Kingmaker project that you've been working so hard on over the last several months. Can you talk a little bit about that process and sort of how it's going? Give us just a little kind of in-person update to add on to what you said in the blog. Yeah, it's... Um... One thing to keep in mind with the Kingmaker process uh, that, that we're, we're working on is it's all said and done. It's about a thousand pages of content, and that doesn't even touch things like the flip mats or the the, uh, the special GM screen, or there's uh, going to be like a, sort of a character sheet for your kingdom in a folio format and a bunch of other stuff. So it's about the same amount of, of pages that we put out last year when we launched second edition. So it's a big project. Um, right now, I'm about... 
I just started working on the Rushlight Festival. For those of you who are familiar with how the Kingmaker Venturecraft works, um, Rushlight Festival is about, it's in the fifth book of the six books. Um, and back in first edition, we had a sort of, a, we had to invent rules right on the spot for how, you know, jousting and archery contests and stuff like that work. With second edition, uh, particularly in the Game Master Guide, we've got all of these really cool subsystems. So I'm able to bring in a lot of that stuff. And so when you jump into Kingmaker, a lot of the stuff you're already going to know how to play. And uh, like the kingdom itself is going to be set up kind of as sort of, right now it's, it's set up as sort of a character on its own. So if you know how to make a character, you're going to know how to make a kingdom. So it's it's really got a lot of options and stuff in it, but it's not going to, the, the point of it is to make it not so weird and new that you have to learn a new set of rules for everything you do in Kingmaker. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of work to get this all done and we want to make sure that it's done right. And uh, as we announced uh, earlier in the week, the the process is looking like we're going to be in the second half of 2021 for this to all come out. We want to get it all out at the same time and um, we want to make sure it's done right. So uh, right now uh, the focus is on, you know, getting the, the kingdom rules and the warfare rules and all that done, getting the adventures all working together. We've got, well, I mean, to give you a little bit of the idea of the scale, uh, look at like we did uh, hardcore versions of Rise of the Rune Lords and that came in at about 400 and 15, 420 pages, 460 pages, I think. Um, we did the Curse of the Crimson Throne hardcover that came in at about 500 pages. Uh, Kingmaker's Adventure Path is 640 pages. So we've added about 200 pages of new content just to the adventure itself. So there's a lot of stuff. It's it's on par with developing three adventure paths. So it's, it's a big lift, but we're working on it. Awesome. Um, let's switch to talk about Starfinder for just a second. And before I get to the question for you, Rob, I want to point out there's one cool uh, new release for Starfinder I did not mention in the previous panel, and that is this guy. So this is a pocket edition of the Starfinder core rulebook. So I believe this is available now uh, or very, very shortly. Um, so this thing is super, super handy, just like our previous uh, pocket guides for pack pathfinder this is gets you all the rules you need just literally in your hand great for taking to conventions or going to a buddy's house to play a game which is something i hope we all can do again soon uh and uh been been very excited about this project so wanted to make sure everybody got a chance to see this this is the entire thing here is 20 bucks so never been more affordable uh to get the uh starfinder core rules um let's talk a little bit someone said what about that starship's book you were mentioning that is the starship operations manual they wanted to know when the release date is and the release date is today yeah. so you can get it today so there's no reason to I delay look rob's already got his copy as well um but rob let's uh, the, the specific question that i wanted to ask you from the chat is uh from zerg titan 99 who says can you explain the behind the scenes concept slash thought process behind the nanosite Okay, so that's the, the nano site is our new uh, class that we're playtesting right now, as you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, there were lots of things. We were kind of looking for something that would kind of push the envelope and be something that we hadn't really seen much of in, in sci-fi before. Um, and throughout the stuff we've done for Starfinder so far, there's little mentions here and there of nanotechnology going on in different places. And we we're like, well, what if someone could actually manipulate that kind of thing. So we started talking about, you know, the, the different ways and um, it's actually our senior developer, John Compton, I think, who came up with the uh, initial idea of saying, hey, let's do this, this nanotech class. And it was, it's just, you know, a way to have really cool effects that are technology based because it's going to be in our tech revolution book, but, you know, can do things beyond just like with a computer or, or, or a regular tool. Nanites are so are so you know uh, versatile that you can do all sorts of things with it, and we wanted the class to be able to be like really utility and do all sorts of things using nanites as the kind of core of those abilities. Okay, cool. Um, and hey, I've just gotten a message from HQ that says, "Can you remind everybody that when that when they buy uh, through the end of Gen Con, um, when they buy a." a, a I think it's with any purchase but when you buy stuff you get a free mini uh with the purchase certainly if it's the apg but you get a free miniature if you buy on paizo.com so there's my 
half-assed way of getting that talking point in. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, thank you, Rob, for that question there. Um, let's see. Someone asked, um, after the two three-part adventure pass, which is the uh, Abomination Vaults and the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix, um, where what panel should I watch to find out what the next adventure path is after that? And the answer is not a panel here at Gen Con. We're not going to go past that for Gen Con. There's lots of shows this summer that are online and things. And so keep your eye out. We've got another big raft of announcements um, probably in uh, September. Okay. Uh, will the Secrets of Magic book, this one I guess is for you, Jason. Will the Secrets of Magic book have options for more martial oriented classes like the fighter? Well, I think, you know, the book is going to explore magic in all of its forms for all of the classes. Um, I, undoubtedly, there will be some way for non-spellcasting classes to get in on the fun in the book. But, I mean, obviously the focus is going to be here's spells and things that work with the Magus and the Summoner and stuff like that. So um, that said, this book is kind of the first big release that's outside of what we consider kind of the core of the game, right? You know, the core rule book, the best areas, the advanced players guide, the game mastery guide, beginner box. Um, so this book allows us to get a little bit more experimental and look and kind of change up the format and not just provide kind of, here's just a big book of rules content and allows us to kind of explore the game and explore it in kind of some fun and interesting ways. Um, if you want to learn more, I highly recommend that you tune into the panel on Saturday. It is the Ask the es Experts Pathfinder RPG panel. It is at 2 p.m. Eastern. We will be spilling all the beans there, or at least some more of the beans. Enough beans to make a mess. Yeah, um, to make a chili. I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where this is an analogy is going. <laughs> uh, Jay Bauman, 12,000, um, says he misses the novel line. Is there any hope for a continuance of longer fiction, either physically or via EPUB? Hard to say. The marketplace for that stuff, uh, we had some real problems with and struggled with mightily with a partner that didn't really work out and has been kind of in limbo for a while. I will say there are dedicated people at Paizo who are working tirelessly to try to find a, a better spot for that. Right now, we've been doing a fair amount of shorter fiction on the blog. That's kind of a step in that direction. We'd love to get back into it, but uh, right now, the timing's not perfect. Um, so not right now, but we want to almost as much as you. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of questions I don't know the answer to, so I'm just going to skip those. <laughs> um, a lot of people wanted that gunslinger in uh, in 2E, Bullman. I know. <laughs> How much does a goblin cost a ship? I have no idea. I think they're still trying to figure that out, which is why the product is not yet on available for sale um it's going to come in a big packaging so it might not be super cheap um bah, 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 bah. Yeah. any future plans for a character builder for pathfinder 2 we're looking into it we'd love to have something like that um we've got some preliminary thoughts on it we're not quite there yet hopefully by this time next year we'll have something much more interesting and exciting to talk about on that front um, all right, here, this is a big question for, I think, for Jason. Is there an estimated timeline for all of the 1E classes to be represented and maybe start seeing some new stuff? I, I would say, you know, I we put out a lot of classes in first edition. And sure I, I don't want second edition to be defined by what at what cadence do we put out all the same things we put out from first edition. <laughs> I don't think that's a great way to necessarily build and grow the game. So... Will we put everything out? Probably not immediately. Will we start introducing some new things? Yes, absolutely. Um, what's the timeline for that? Soon. <laughs> um, I, 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 it's obviously beyond the scope of Secrets of Magic, but I will say that you know we plan things out several years in advance. So we're already looking beyond that and what kind of fun opportunities exist out there. I will say that you will start seeing new stuff uh, that is brand new in concept from us in the nearer future. Yeah, you will definitely see brand new stuff before you see all of the 1E stuff. That is back. absolutely true. That's a good way to phrase it. 100,000%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want to get to some new stuff as well. I mean, part of it, there's so many new ways to do kind of some of the old stuff that some of that old stuff feels new in a way. But but I know we're all chomping at the bit to get some legitimately new stuff. Yeah, somebody um, somebody got my Spaceballs reference in there. When will then okay. be now? 
Nice. Mm. Uh, a lot of love <laughs> for the Foundry virtual tabletop in the chat. So we we're aware of that one. Um, pretty cool looking for sure. Uh, we want to be partners with all good virtual tabletops. Oh, no, I was um, trying to see where you are in the chat. You're way up there, aren't you? I know, man. There's yeah. just so many questions. I, yeah. Somebody wants, someone says pancakes. I don't know if that's a question, but I thought I'd say it out loud. The answer okay, is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Uh, will we get Lost Omens Darklands with heritages like Drow, Deep Gnomes, and Caligny? James, that's that's coming to you, buddy. Um, I hope so. I mean, the yeah, Darklands. That's a yeah. good idea. The uh, Into the Darklands was a book that I I wrote I wrote most of it. I had Greg Vaughn helping me out with, but it's it's a part of the setting that I really 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 like. It's it's spooky, it's creepy, it's got a lot of my favorite you know creatures living down there in the deep. Um, it's it's tricky though because right now the game is is we've got a lot of you know content for um, for players coming out. Uh, I would like to see us look at in the lost omens oh the goblins getting a little encroachment uh i would like us to see to start exploring in the lost omens guide books that are are kind of blend that a little bit more rather than just be all about like here's a bunch of ancestors from the dark land maybe you know like half and half here's ancestries here's player stuff here's gm stuff um we don't have anything you know announced yet or anything like that but a dark lands book a dark lands adventure path would be really cool um yeah it's it's an entire you know, you have the entire top of the planet with Avistan and Garund and Kazmaron and all that. And then you've got that times three because there's three layers of the Darklands and they're under all of those continents. So there's a lot of stuff to explore. That's Oops. for sure. Um, here's a question. I'm going to come back to you in a minute, uh, James, but I'm going to get Rob's answer to this. Um, Rob, what part of the Starfinder campaign setting are you most excited about exploring in the next couple of years? Well, that's an interesting question actually um because you know we have such a we have such a huge setting it's an entire galaxy so there's there's lots of places um i do think that we just had uh earlier this year we released our near space books that kind of opened up a much wider thing and really gave us our first look at the vescarium you know the vescar one of our core races but they're from a different solar system than where most of the game takes place in the pack world so i think that that's one of the things that we're going to be moving forward to is looking at some some things in the Vescarium. The Vescarium is going to start taking a role. I know in, in Starfinder Society, there's going to be a few things going actually into the Vescarium that people can do that. And um, But we're also going to continue going all over the place because a starship will take you anywhere in the galaxy that you want to go. And uh, we're not going to only limit ourselves to near space. But I am, I am excited about that. I really enjoy learning more about some of the, the closer societies to the pack rules in the setting. Awesome. Um, James, kind of the same question for you. What, what aspects of Galarian are you most excited to explore? And I'm going to add a little sub question to that because it's come up a number of times as well. Um, whether it's one you're excited about exploring or not. And I think it is. Can you talk to us about whether we will see some Tian Sha stuff in the Dragon Empires in, in second edition? Uh, yeah, we're doing the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix uh, oh. Adventure Path. And uh, we'll have actually a lot more to say about that, about the Abomination Vaults, Agents of Headwatch, and Kingmaker. Uh, I think on Sunday we're doing an Adventure Path uh, discussion. But the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix Adventure Path is a three-part Adventure Path for levels 11 to 20. It's set entirely in Chien Sha. Um, so yeah, check out uh, the panel there on uh, Sunday to find out more about that. Um, personally... I mean, there's a lot of places I'd like to explore in Galarian. I mean, I'm not done exploring the area around Sandpoint. Um, I would love to do something deep and big with the um, the Red Mantis Assassins. I'd love to do a, a full-on Red Mantis Assassin adventure path where the players are Red Mantis Assassins having to deal with Rahadoom or something like that. Um, but I think more to the point, Pathfinder's been around uh, for well over a decade at this point. And a lot of it is from like uh, my home bros. There's stuff from Jason's uh, games, Eric's games, Rob's games. Um, we've been doing this for, you know, 10, 15 years. And the thing that I'm actually most excited about is seeing what our new employees can bring to the setting. You know, Eleanor yeah. Ruiz, uh, Patrick, Ron, uh, uh, and just Linda, and all these different people that have their own just brilliant imaginations that, Finding out the parts of the world they're interested in exploring is not only going to make Galarian more interesting, it's going to give me something you know new to read about Galarian. So that's the part that I'm most excited about, is seeing what they're doing with, with the setting. 
Okay, cool. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the people who asked about Tian Sha also said, "Will we get an adventure with the Tarask in it?" And, we already, uh, uh, we already did. Uh, Agents of or uh, um, Age of Ashes, Volume Six. Uh, there's a little bit of a spoiler here. One of the things that happens there, you go in like these, these like kind of weird dimensional vision type things, and you fight uh, a couple of Zotanes, which is one of the spawn of Robogog. Of course, the Tarask in our setting is the big spawn of Robogog, and, and he's in there. So we've already got stats for him out there. Whether or not we do an adventure path that is about the Tarask, um, <laughs> the funny thing there is I've been trying to get the Tarask into an adventure path since, uh, what, Savage Tide was it, Eric? Yeah. And um, he keeps getting, you know, booted to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. It's it's a tricky thing to add in because the Tarask is a 25th level creature. And so you can't put him into like the early adventures. I've been looking at ways like, well, you can like wake him up and harness him and use him against your enemies or something like that. And the longer we work on Pathfinder, the more proud and the more interested I am in stuff that we've done for the game. So, I mean, the yeah. Tarask is really rad, but it's something that Dungeons and Dragons invented and, and built off of like French legends. And so if I were to do a big adventure path where there's like a kaiju or something like that happening in the adventure path, at this point, it's probably going to be something we've created, something more Galarian flavored. And um, yeah, I do like kaiju, and I'm not the only one at Pathfinder, at, at Pathfinder, at Paizo that likes kaiju, so uh, keep an eye out. Sure uh, would be interesting to see a kaiju in, 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 in a product. Yeah, in the wouldn't next, it? I mean, in the next 12 months. Yeah, especially if there was a place where it would make sense to have something like that. That sure would be unexpected. Okay, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's see here. <laughs> Uh, some other subtle questions. guys subtle thank you thank you <laughs> you never know what you might learn at one of these q and a's yeah yeah uh, somebody asked a fair question what's the deal with the absalom city book where are we at with that the answer is it's still in development it's almost almost done um uh, and it's my fault uh, the the team that, that that started the project did a great great job at it the freelancers did a great great job at it i during the outlining process caved in on making it smaller than I thought it should be. And then when the final book got to my desk, it was missing something. I think we could have put it out. It would have been just fine, but it, it just, I run city campaigns most of the time when I'm running a game, it's, it's frequently in a city. I played in Monty Cook's tallest campaign for nine years. Uh, I, I really feel like I, I understand what a city book needs to be. And it needs to be something not just that you read that's fun to read, but something that works at the table. In my experience, a city is totally different than a dungeon. A dungeon you pop in and it's like, do you want to go left, right, or straight ahead? There are three options and they're all delineated by the GM. Whereas when you get to the city gates, it's like, what is Bullman's crazy character want? What bar does his character want to go to? What temple does James's character want to go and get, you know, his arm regrown where does rob's character you know where does he want to go to hire a new hireling i might not know any of that stuff until i turn to them and go well, what do you guys want to do and so it was really important to me that that book be a table reference as well as just a fun story about the city of absalom it's got a lot of table use in it before i even got my hands into well i wrote a bunch of it but before it hit my desk for, for final review. Um, what I decided was that it needed uh, significantly more work on the NPC section of the book. So in, and I'll get to James's involvement in that in a second. Uh, but what, what that means is that if the NPC is mentioned anywhere in the book and is still alive, there's going to be an appendix that has a description of that character, how they link up with other characters in the city, where you can find them, uh, you know, what adventure hooks are tied into them, etc. It was one of those deals where I kind of was like, this is what must happen. And then for the last several months, I've been dealing with the repercussions of just what a crazy decision that has been because there are 400 NPCs in the book. Um, so what we did is it, there was always a few of them. James Jacobs and I have been writing all the NPCs for the rest of the book. So it's currently at 89,000 extra words uh, for this project um, which isn't frankly crazy and we're almost there um, so uh, it's looking like that's going to be early early 2021 is the goal right now um, most of it's done it's just that part that the publisher is being uh, fancy and persnickety about so I have to say one of the things that I've really really enjoyed with this project is getting to work creatively with James uh, very closely James has done about 100 maybe even as many as 150 of these um, these NPCs I've done the rest of them and uh, the, some of the original writers did probably about 
I don't know, 15,000 words of them. So there's a lot of new stuff in there. It's going to be totally awesome. Um, it's just I'm being an artiste with this one and holding on to it until it's done. So the goal is to have it done um, out early in 2021. James, look. Like yeah, to, to give people a little bit of a um, sort of a comparison. If we just published the NPC section from the Absalom book, it'd, we could probably do a 128 page book just on yeah. that. So God only knows what it'll cost when it's finally done, but, uh, but we're getting there and I'm almost, almost done. So Eric, can we release you from this panel to go work on it? No, yeah, no, well, I'm <laughs> a week off in two weeks to do it. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, miniatures releases. Yeah. We've got path uh, question about, are there any upcoming miniatures releases? I just announced the currently available Starfinder battles minis from uh, whiz kids. We also have pathfinder battles sets, a couple of those a year, every, every few months. Um, we're looking at a big Starfinder battles uh, set as well. That's coming out soon. Um, we want to get into terrain. Uh, 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 whiz kids has got a great line of sort of non-branded uh, terrain, meaning non pathfinder or D and D, but it's called warlock. Uh, uh, and beautiful tiles, plastic, affordable. Um, and, and they're really keen to have us do some sort of specific Pathfinder stuff in that. Uh, I asked to clarify some of the information on this, this guy and our contact over at WizKids yesterday was like, be sure to mention it's the first of many. It's the first of many. So we're going to get some maxis as well as some minis uh, coming out as well. We're also talking with uh, our friends at Reaper Minis. They've got some plans about some really exciting stuff that we hope to reveal soon. Um, and uh, we've got uh, uh, slowly but surely some of the original Starfinder miniatures are coming out as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, that is by... Um, Rob, tell us about that for a second, the, the other company that's doing the Starfinder minis, because I'm blanking for a moment. About Archon. Archon, yeah. Me, so yeah, Archon Studios, yeah. thank you. Um, great uh, great work um, is, is slowly but surely kind of getting all those original Kickstarter figures to people for, um, uh, for that uh, Kickstarter project that Ninja Division um, took a swipe at a few years ago. So uh, slowly but surely we're getting those done. In the meantime, we're doing pre-painted plastics with, uh, with WizKids. WizKids has also got a number of what they call the deep cuts, unpainted uh, line coming out. They're also doing some uh, individually packaged pre-painted figures for uh, Pathfinder. Lots and lots of great miniature stuff coming up. Let's see, will the Starfinder Galaxy Guide include player options outside the packed worlds, Rob? Uh, yes, you're talking about the Galaxy Exploration Manual, I yes. assume. Um, I, these they are... said Galaxy Guide, but yes, indeed, yeah, the Galaxy but, Exploration uh, Manual, yes. It is the Galaxy Exploration Manual. It is. Um, it... Yeah, this is very specifically not tied to the packed worlds. This is sort of your one-stop shop for creating new worlds, um, new and interesting worlds like anywhere in the galaxy. And the player options are kind of tied to that so that, you know, it's, it's more about like, oh, my character grew up on this jungle planet. What sort of things did that, you know, what, what sort of things did that influence in my character choices? That's really the thing. So they're not, they're not worlds, not packed worlds specific at all, but really just from what type of place are you from, or do you want to be really good at adventuring in and, the player's options are focused on that. Cool. I'm seeing a lot of commentary in the chat about people who really want us to print errata stickers that you could put over stuff in the books. Interesting idea. Um, I, oh boy, the mind it's, reels. It's tricky um, because when we put in errata, it causes the word flow to change. So yeah, I think it's unlikely. It's a cool idea. But... <gasps> Kitty. Right. No. <laughs> so pick your pick your uh, your lap buddy. Do you want Jason's yeah. cat or a $450 goblin? Okay, um let's see. Rango here. is equally expensive. Yeah, uh. in the long run. In the long Plus, run. Plus skittermanders sure. are much more affordable. Oh yeah, there there's your value option. <laughs> um and those are skittermanders plush available on paizo.com. Um let's see here. Will the new Pathfinder Adventures also include unique dice sets? I think though it's probably a reference to the uh, dice that our partners at Q Workshop do for each of the adventure paths. And so far as I know, that continues indefinitely. They've a great partner. They've done pretty much, I think, all of them at this point. So yeah, we're we're expecting more of those in the future. Um, are the half elf, half orc? Are they versatile heritages, Ballman? No, they are not as of yet. Ooh. 
Nice. I wouldn't say that they, they, they will never be, but like because we put them in the core rulebook, we're not just going to go back and errata them into versatile heritage because we yeah. don't really have the space in that book to explain how those work. Um, but I think in the future, we might try and find a way to open those up a hair. Um, but we need to look at it. Yeah, in Secrets of Combat. Whatever Secrets that's of the official Dinosaur Fort book of yeah, uh, that's 2023. Right, yeah. Secrets All right. of Dinosaur Forks. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, hey, Mr. Ads says you guys and Paizo itself are so incredible. Massive props to you all for the work and effort. I'm holding a massive prop right now. So that's <laughs> exciting to share with everybody. Thank you, Mr. Ads. All right, let's see here. Boop, 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 boop. Got a few more minutes for questions. Will the Kingmaker book be available to those who hadn't been in time to back it during the campaign? Yes, absolutely. Um, the book itself will be sold through distribution when it's done. Um, ba, 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 ba. James Jacobs, uh, Chemlack wants to know, do you prefer this kind of Gen Con to the traditional Gen Con? Uh, yes, uh, so there's your answer, Jason <laughs> Bullman. Do you prefer this kind of Gen Con to the to the, the the normal one? I will respond to that thusly. Attention, Gen Con exhibitors! <laughs> yes, uh, you know I think um, this is interesting, and I think that the the online play part of it. So if you want to get involved in in some of our organized play stuff by going to paizo.com/slash/GenCon, hopping over to our Discord server, it I love the way that it sort of makes it so everybody can be involved, whether they're physically in in Indianapolis or not. Um, that being said. This would have been uh, my 26th consecutive Gen Con. Um, <laughs> I have so many friends. Bullman's like on 70s. Bullman's been to Gen Con longer than he's been alive. You know, so yeah, like for, for those of us who've gone year after year after year, you know, I mean, you, you've got your sort of Gen Con family. There's, there's literally probably a hundred people who I look forward to seeing every year um, and don't get to Gen Con. You always make new friends. There's really, I mean, we, we're a co-sponsor of Gen Con for a reason. Everybody at the company has a story about Gen Con. We love it. And we can't wait to get back together with everybody. But in the meantime, this is pretty good too. So let's see here. A lot of people saying they like the pace of second edition releases more than first edition. I think we, agree uh <laughs> as the ones who have to make it we certainly agree um and now another guy says but the content's coming out fast it's like well it's not as fast um <laughs> let's see here rob <sighs> now that we have rules for a starship based campaign do you want to do a starship based ap similar to jade regent that's interesting that's interesting we kind of uh have that coming in the fly free or die adventure yeah. path which launches in november that's a six volume ap and this is kind of the first volume is called working class heroes which is actually a really good kind of description of the adventure path as a whole because this is basically you are the crew of a starship that's kind of scoundrels and rogues i think you know and and uh you start off working for a big corporation but then kind of set off on your own and going all over the place, trying to, trying to make a living. So I think that that is probably our most heavily uh, Starship focused campaign so far. And we're really excited about that because it takes you all over the place and really interesting uh, foes and rivals to deal with and everything all while you're just trying to make a credit or two. Awesome. Um, here's, you know, uh, this is interesting. Uh, Aliyern says, spoilery question. In Lost Omens Legends that just came out today, in Old Mage Jatembe's section, page 64, paragraph 5, so guys <laughs> turn to that really quickly, it says, Grandfather Traveler will live to see the flying city rise and fall a second time. Is this an allusion to the ancient Shori civilization? Or, this is Alaren's theory, Absalom Station. It has Jatembe Park, after all. So could that allusion be to Absalom Station in the Starfinder game, hinting that old mage Jatembe might once be really, really, really old mage Jatembe. Um, I got to say, I don't even know. I don't think there is an answer to that question, but part of the kind of cool thing about having at least an inkling of one potential future where the Pathfinder world could go to, to morph into Starfinder, it does bring in these kind of really interesting theories. And you're starting to see these like kind of off kilter ideas that like we maybe never came up with. But I mean, because you asked that question, the answer might be yes now so i just wanted to share that i thought that was a really neat question that's cool and i'm not answering it uh okay uh um, let's see uh okay rob interesting 
There may actually be an answer to this. Uh, Rob, can we have something in the future for Starfinder where we can combine spaceships together to form a bigger ship or mech a la Voltron? That's a, that is a, a good question. We do have, uh, we were talking about in terms of the mech rules, you know, we do have in the new playtest, we have rules for multiple operators in a single mech. Um, there is a slight jump uh, from that to actual multiple mechs or starships going in there. We're certainly obviously aware of that and we'll see how these mech, mechs go, but that does kind of seem like a natural progression. If we can do it, I think we have several people on the team that would love to form the Voltron. The real question is, is it lions or is it vehicles? Because that's the that that forms the thing, and obviously the correct answer is lions. Or that but, weird uh, one with the four arms that I never understood. Or dinosaurs. Target. I like anyway. the lions. Anyways, in the future, everything is possible. Let's say that you heard it here first. Rob likes the lions mostly because he's a big Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. We knew that all along. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, here's a comment, and I just want to share it because I oh my gosh, do I ever agree? It says, "Oh gosh, this is from No Direction." Hey, hey, No Direction, they know what they're talking about. Oh gosh, the Lost Omens team has been knocking it out of the park with the books they've released so far in the Lost Omens line. 100%. Uh, uh, we've got Luis Loza and Eleanor Farron working on those books, two of like the best pickups Paizo's ever made. Uh, we're loving the work that they're putting into Lost Omens, and it's great. Like James said, you know, the four of us have been around for a while at Paizo at this point, so it's really exciting to have people on the staff who don't understand all my pop culture references that are, you know, uh, you know, so we're getting a new generation of people and they're bringing new stuff that, that we probably wouldn't have done. The Leshies are a great example of that. Um, that's maybe something that wouldn't have, I don't know if it would have made it, you know, in such a prominent way into Pathfinder 10 years ago, but it's been a hugely popular part of Pathfinder second edition. And we owe that to the new generation of, of designers and developers at, uh, uh, at Paizo. So it's great to have kind of a multi, to some degree, God help us, we're getting old, but to have kind of a multi-generational aspect of our of our design and development team has been a huge boon. I found that the, you know, the more and the more diverse voices we've brought into Paizo, um, just the better and more well-rounded our products have been overall. So very exciting to have such a great team. Um, everybody at Paizo works hard and everybody at Paizo is brilliant in their own way. So I'm very, very stoked. Let's see if I can get one more question before we wrap this up. And I'm not sure we can. It's, um, oh, someone says Bullman is so done with Eric's subtlety. That was probably actually true middle of Pathfinder 1E. You know, that's been true maybe even before Pathfinder. Jason and I have known each other for a long time. Eric, we've so, known uh, each other I for think, 20 years. Oh my God. And and we met at a convention. So how about that? So yeah. everybody, uh, I think it's noon here. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. We'll get the next panel in here in just a minute. That will be the advanced player's guide character creation with the design team. You guys are going to have a fantastic time during that panel. So many great questions. Sorry, I, I think I probably only got to about a fourth of the, the scroll. The, the scroll. Uh, really thanks everybody for coming in. Have a fantastic Gen Con, everybody. Head on over to paizo.com slash Gen Con for a full list of all of our events. We look forward to seeing you guys here on the Discord and help you have a wonderful, wonderful Gen Con. Jason, Rob, James, thanks so much for joining me. Mr. Goblin, thank you so much for joining me too. You're welcome. Okay, I'm going crazy. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We'll see you soon. The No Direction Network's PaizoCon Online 2020 seminar coverage was made possible by the KDCon team, consisting of Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, Ryan Costello, Alexander Agunas, Monica Marlowe, Vanessa Hoskins, Dustin Knight, and Andrew Sturtevant. For more great Pathfinder, Starfinder, and other RPG news, reviews, podcasts, and blogs, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. <laughs>